You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Uh, before we get started, Greg, I have to apologize to people watching the video version of this podcast. Yes, it looks like I'm being called up to the heavens. There's an issue with my lighting. We'll figure it out. Let's get to the <laughs> uh, Let's get to the content. Okay, so we did an emergency podcast on Monday night because everything was happening. John O. Smith, Jalen Mills, you know what happened on Monday by now. And since then, a lot has happened. Let's start with this morning, the news of Patrick Chung's retirement. Your thoughts, Greg? Yeah, certainly uh, a great Patriot. Uh, I would certainly make the case that he was a better free agent signing than he was a draft pick by Bill Belichick, um, that he was much better in his second go around here. And look, Belichick has even talked about it. He he misused Chung the first time around. They figured out what he was really good at, minimized uh, his weaknesses, which was basically like he could not play in space to save his life. Like he just he just couldn't. So you needed to get him close to the line or on a, on a tight end really close, and he was good to go. And he was really tough, helped the team win three Super Bowls, um, you know, did whatever Belichick wanted as far as his contract, uh, contract and stuff like that. So – uh, Patriot through and through his his retirement explains a little bit more about Jalen Mills being here. Yep. I think they're very similar, uh, you know, including that they're coming from the Eagles um, before <laughs> coming back to the Patriots. But, you know, sort of a feisty, undersized Nick. Is he a Nichols corner? Is he a safety? What can he do? He can cover tight ends. He's tough. He likes to yap a lot. Chung liked to yap a lot. Like, they're very, very similar. I could see Belichick watching Jalen Mills on film and being like, hey, he reminds me of Patrick Chung. And, you know, Chung retires, which isn't exactly good for the salary cap for the Patriots. It gives them a little bit of a um, a hit this year. Um, but, look, no question, great Patriot. Uh, not a huge loss considering where he was in his career. He took last year off. The past couple of years, it's been harder and harder to him, for him to reach the finish line with the injuries. He's always been an undersized guy at a collision position, uh, but he's displayed incredible toughness. Uh, good time for him to go in terms of where the Patriots are. I don't think they're going to miss him very much, but look, a lot of institutional knowledge there. That's always tough to see, but I have a feeling uh, he won't be, <laughs> he'll be around a lot. Uh, you know, I'll put it that way. Yeah, when I look at this, 
the cap stuff, the finances, it depends on if they cut him immediately or he retires immediately, they file it, or if they wait until June 1st. If they do it immediately, then it hurts the cap this year. If they wait until after, I believe it pushes it into next year. And you might say to yourself, you might as well just take the hit right now when you have the space and, you know, to free up a little bit more of the books next season. So we'll see how that all works out. On the field, listen, you've got Mills, you've got Duggar, you've got Phillips. I'm fine with that. And yep. it makes a lot more sense, like you said, why they signed Mills. We talked about this on Monday night. One of the signings, listen, I, I thought that they overpaid for Aguilar. I still feel that way. But when mm-hmm. you look at the signings from the top on down, the only one that didn't make a whole bunch of sense to me was Mills. Well, now it does. It makes more sense. I don't have to be in love with the signing. I, I still have questions about him. But the move itself makes sense. You lost the safety. You lost the guy that might be able to cover tight ends, a versatile chess piece a little bit. And again, that kind of personality that you mentioned. So the Mills signing makes a hell of a lot more sense now that Chung is out the door than it did on Monday. Uh, Another big thing that happened since our last podcast was, Greg, maybe we were just stupid. Maybe we were naive. We thought Jonu Smith was going to be the number one tight end. And then the Patriots would move on in free agency. Uh, That's not how it worked out, as we know by now. Hunter Henry signs, and it's funny. Somebody tweeted at me uh, this week, at Nick C Radio, if you want to follow me again, at Nick C Radio. Someone tweeted at me that they were listening to our podcast on Tuesday morning. And at the precise moment we were talking about Jonu Smith versus Hunter Henry, and you had said, you know, the more I think about it, it's pretty tough to pick one guy. You're, you know, either way, you're going to work out. It's going to be a good signing, pretty much. I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. At that moment, the person that was listening saw on Twitter that Hunter Henry had signed with the Patriots. And he said, I just laughed because it's precisely what Greg had said. It, it doesn't really matter if it was Smith or Henry. Uh, you know, a lot of similarities. Now the Patriots get both. Yeah, that's that's exciting and and unexpected. And also, you know, Nick, one thought I had about this, and and I s- somewhat wrote about this the other day, uh, in in my column, sort of taking a step back from at least the first day. And I'll have a column today, sort of on my thoughts, and, and we'll expound on what we're talking about here, which is basically like, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's hard not to like a lot what they did. I mean, it, but in terms of the the tight ends, I think that, you know, this is an instance where the, the Colts really dropped the ball on a lot of things this offseason. Like, when you looked at it, so when you looked at it, coming into this offseason, there were four teams that basically had a ton of cap space. It was the Patriots, it was the Jaguars, and the Jets, yep. and the Colts. Yep. And so you looked at it, and and this is what I wrote the other day, that – um Belichick at some point in time realized like it was almost like a poker game. I, I equated it to, you know, buying houses and things like that, but it was almost like a poker game where Belichick is like, all right, all these guys got big stacks, but all of a sudden Belichick's looking around and he's like, I'm really the only player here. Like you have the Jaguars and urban Meyer. Okay, fine. You want to go there, whatever, go ahead, go to Jacksonville, you know, or you want to go to the jets. Like, what are they really doing? Like, do you want to go there? Who's their quarterback? Whatever. Okay. Okay. And then you have the Colts. You know, he's looking at Chris Ballard, who's a guy who's just, you know, 
he's basically like if you're watching the video, like I'm like I'm hoarding the chips. Like he just got his arms around his chips. Like he's like looking around at everybody. Like you're not trying to take my chips, are you? Nobody take my chips. Nobody take. Yeah, these are my chips. Like, and I equated it to, you know, in the house buying, I was like, you know, Belichick's got all this money. He's got cash. He's ready to buy houses. Chris Ballard's the type of buyer who's like, he looks at like all 15 houses and he goes back and about three times. And then he gives you a low ball offer and this and that. And like Belichick's just got cash. He's like, all right, <laughs> I know exactly what the value is of this house. Here's my offer. Take it or leave it. You don't like it. I'm going to the next guy. That's the way this free agency went. Yep. And so- a team like the Colts, like, I mean, Frank Wright just came out yesterday and said, we're looking to add a playmaking tight end. Like, what the hell are you waiting for? Like, <laughs> you had Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry in a crap load of cap space. Like, why Why don't the Colts have one of them? And it's because of Ballard's inaction. He thinks he's, look, and I think Chris Ballard is great. I do too. But he does have a bit of an ego when it comes to, his abilities as a GM, his abilities drafting, like he thinks a lot of what he does. And so, uh, you know, at least Belichick certainly has an ego, but at least he he came into this year. He's like, hey, look, I can't draft worth of crap. Like my free agency has sucked. You know, we have no talent. We have no pro bowlers. So I'm going to import about four or five, like instantly (laughs) to make up for it. You know, so at least he's a realist. Yep. And um, so I just – you know, the tight ends is great. The, the Colts completely dropped the ball. The Patriots took advantage of that. And now you have the two tight end thing. And, you know, in one offshoot I want to get to, I've been talking for a while, so I'm going to take a break for a second, but we can <laughs> we can come back to this. Oh, but, you're, uh, you're fired up. It's all good. I am. Hey, you know, you give me multiple tight ends and things like that, I get fired <laughs> up. Uh, but we need to talk about Cam and, you know, sort of his ability to really make this offense work with two tight ends. And of course, right. everybody's like, Ooh, two tight ends. We can do this. We can do that. You can do, you know, are they linebackers? Are they safe? Yeah. Yes. But do you have the type of quarterback that can make checks, calls, reads, and things like that to take advantage of all that? That is a big unknown with Cam Newton and something that if they don't answer affirmatively, it ain't going to work. Yeah. You know, when you look at tight end, well, because I want to get to the quarterback position for sure and how all these moves affect that position currently and moving forward. But just one more thing on the tight ends. You know, I see a lot of people saying, oh, well, this is an indictment on the two tight ends that were drafted last year. I wouldn't go that far just yet because, number one, again, COVID-19, it's a tough position to learn. They should have been better than they were. They should have at least, you know, given you something, right? But what I would say is you bring in Smith, you bring in Henry. Asi Asi is still your third guy. And I think Dalton Keene, as we said when he was drafted, Greg, yes, he could play tight end, but he's also more of an H-back fullback. So exactly. mm-hmm. I-, I think you'll see Dalton Keene go back to what he was supposed to be, which is that H-back fullback. You'll have Asi Asi now as your third guy, and you've got Smith and Henry. And, you know, I, I love that. I- I'm not going to complain about that. Uh, another big move that's happened since our last podcast, as Greg takes another shot of espresso, uh, Kyle Van Noy was brought back last night. I'm a little afraid to bring up his name to you, Greg. I don't think you're a huge fan of uh, Mr. Personality and putting himself over. He, of course, released the video immediately last night, putting himself what? over. A video from Kyle <laughs> Van Noy? What? Surely you jest. Um, so uh, first, I will give you the opportunity to get anything off of your back that you would like about Van Noy before we talk about the football aspect. 
<laughs> yeah, I saw your tweet. I didn't, I, I didn't, I look. It just seems I, like we're spicy every time we bring him up. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, here we go. You know, no, no. Oh, no. See, the oh, thing is, no. I love, I love Kyle Vannoy, the player. Okay. I do. I do. And I think he's, he's a great fit back here and they, he makes them so much better. Yeah. And, uh, but look, I'm, you know, I just don't like the way he does things in terms of, you know, how he, let me just say this. Can we not have any, can, can he not nickname anybody, you know, any units or anything like that? Can, can, can we come to that agreement? Cam did that. Did you have a problem when Cam did that? Yeah. How'd that work? You know, like, <laughs> you know, how'd that work? How'd all his nicknames and hashtags and things like that work last year? Let's Fair go, enough. let's go nickname. Let's just worry about the field. Like, I don't want to hear about boogeyman who crap out in the last month of the season and cost them home field advantage in the playoffs and all that. Let's just, I look, I think Kyle Van Oy is a, is a tremendous player. He just, he just talks too much for me, he, but that's uh, just he me. He annoys I, I would say this, you respect his talent. You understand, you understand and appreciate the versatility that he's going to bring to this 100%. team. 100%. He can play on the edge. He can slide into the inside. You can now have him move on the inside with Hightower and then use Uche in a sub you know, package if you want to, even mess around with Jennings. There's a lot of different stuff that they can do. With you know Now you've got Judon and Van Noy. Your edge, compared to last year defensively, oh my God. your edge is a billion times better. So there's no doubt... It's just he's somebody that annoys you. And I think there's some similarities, just judging by doing this podcast with you since, you know, before last season. It seems to me that there are some similarities to Chase Winovich. where like, you know, the camera and the personality and he makes sure that it's turned on and he's always got. So I don't have as big of an issue with it, but I do think you tend to get annoyed by some of those guys. So I think you're yeah, more- I'm just old. I'm just I'm, look, I'm yeah. a cranky old school <laughs> grumpy guy who just, you know, I, I want guys to just let their play do the talking and they're plenty good. Well, Chase Winovich isn't, but you know, like, let's just see what happens with Chase Winovich who, you know, could be, I would not be surprised if he's traded at some point. I just don't look, he's, yeah. he's stuck in a sub role. Now you're right. absolutely right. In terms of Judon on the left side, Kyle Van Noy on the right side, you know, you got Godshaw in the middle, you know, it, it, for now it's Anderson and Lawrence Guy's spot. You got Hightower in the middle. I mean, Nick, holy hell, are they good against the run? Like, it is night and day where they are. And look, I don't – Winovich might be – he's a good third-down pass rusher. Evidence of anything that they've done here is is – it is proof that they do not trust at least Winovich to be a starter. They don't trust him to be in the right place. We talked about it as nauseum, yeah. you know. He, he, you know, he's, he's, he's not sure who I am and, and, you know, what I'm talking about. Um, well, you know, the Patriots coaches obviously don't trust them considering they brought in not one, but two veteran edge players. And so look, he could still be a sub pass rusher and be a good one. He's, there's no question. His motor's good. His pass rush is good. Um, I just think it's, it's more likely than not that Winovich is probably traded at some point because he is in a, He's in a log jam for at least another year, and so what's yeah. what's the point? I don't understand what the point is. Trade him, try to send him back to Casario, try to get something for him, and move on. Here's what I'll say: you know, this free agency has been cathartic. I think for a lot of people, it's been cathartic in, for the media. It, it, it's been cathartic for the fan base because for the last few years, 
many of us, even though some people try to paint certain people in the media as homers, which whatever. I mean, I think most of that is a joke. But, you know, I looked at this and I said, you know, last few years, obviously Belichick, the GM had failed Belichick, the coach. We watch this team and Greg, you're mentioning it right now. For the last few years, we've watched and go, Jesus, they've got nobody at tight end. I mean, mm-hmm. what the hell are they doing? They've got nobody at tight end. Or the edge. or they don't have, Exactly. And you'd, you'd watch this team and you'd say, they're going to give up 250 rushing yards tonight. Mm-hmm. I know it. They know it. The American people know it. And they're not doing anything about it. And so that's why I think this week ha- has been such a moment, not only for Patriots fans, but also the Patriots media, because I, I do think – I do think that it justifies some of the bitching that the media has done. And it proves that some of the issues that we've had with, you know, the lack of talent on this roster and the problems they had against certain opposition, it it proves that we were onto something. And it also proves this for sure. It also proves this, Greg Belichick knew. And, you know, a lot of times we'd watch this team and go, yeah, he's the greatest coach of all time. How doesn't he know that this team can't defend the run? Yeah, he's mm-hmm. the greatest coach of all time. How can't he see this offense is brutal? You, you get this feeling. You know, Belichick is almost like us in this offseason. He, he, wa- he walked in, as you said, as the only player in the poker game. And he said, mm-hmm. I've got leverage on all these guys. I've got leverage on every single team. I'm going to be aggressive. And as we sat there and watched this football team play, and we stewed publicly, Belichick was stewing internally. He was standing there going, this roster isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. I've got to do a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. We stink. And I, I've got to do a lot of things to fix it. And so he walked in and he did what every fan and what pretty much every media member wanted him to do. Admit your mistakes, embrace the mistakes, correct the mistakes and do what you have to do to make this roster better. And that's what he did. Uh, moving on. Ted Karras. I wanted to talk about this one because you're a big mm-hmm. line guy. Uh, obviously we know by now, uh, we had it, I think on Monday night that Joe Tooney was going to the chiefs. Uh, now we know that David Andrews is moving on. Ted Karras signs with the Pats, your thoughts on what it looks like replacing Andrews with Karras. Andrews thinks he's moving on whether he does. We'll see. Uh, Yeah. What I know about this is that, um, let's just say David Andrews. Look, and he's a very good player, and he's won multiple Super Bowls, and you know I get it, and and more power to the players to get every last dollar that they can. But let's just say that David Andrews uh, has a very uh, high value. He put a very high value on his services gotcha. this off season, which I would say, and let's just say it's somewhere near the top of the center market, um, and I think that's delusional. Like, I think he's a good player, but is he Corey Lindsley? Is he any of these other guys? No, he's a notch below them. Yeah, that's the name I thought of. As soon as you started talking, he saw the Lindsley contract and he was looking his chops going, oh, yeah, baby. I think Lindsley got 12 and a half million. Sorry, you know, David Andrews is not that. If he can get it, great. But in this, with this cap in this market, there's no way he's worth, David Andrews is worth that. Plus, the whole blood clot thing. Doesn't help his case. I think David Andrews is around a seven to nine million dollar center, in I my agree. opinion. I agree. And he thinks it's out there. 
he thinks a, a big payday is out there. I think the Patriots were willing probably to do the ballpark that I was talking about, but Andrews was not. And so he sort of burned the boats. Uh, not entirely, but at least threatened, at least in their mind. Oh, well, no, I'm really leaving. I'm, I'm announcing I'm talking to other teams. And the Patriots are like, okay, have fun. See what's <laughs> out there. Like he could come back with his hat in his hand. He could. Yeah. Um, But – if they have to, if it's Karras, I assume they're going to get a center in the draft. They should have gotten one last year. We talked about that. Uh, it was on their list. They waited until the seventh round and they drafted some guy, Dustin Woodard, who retired before he ever really did anything here. That's a disappointment. They knew that they had to uh, get better at the backup center position. And they just, that was another thing that Belichick dropped the ball on last year. Now they're pressed into it. Uh, and look, they've had guys, whether it's, you know, Tooney, Stork, you know, a bunch of different guys have started as rookies on the offensive line here, even later round picks. They're going to have to do that again because the alternative with Ted Karras, and I love Steady Teddy, uh, I coined that nickname for him, but he's limited. And he, he the, the running game is going to be limited. He's not that great of an athlete. He's a good pass rusher, not a great run blocker, can't get to the second level. It, it limits what the Patriots can do. He's a good fill-in, but the Patriots need to find better. Perhaps it's Andrews coming back for a one-year deal to maybe hit free agency again next year. I'm sure the Patriots would be open to that. I think that would be the ideal situation for both sides at this point. We're just going to have to see whether that happens or not. All right. I only want to spend a minute on this next one because we got to get to bigger picture stuff. Adam Butler, off to Miami. Thoughts? Uh, He's he's almost like – he's very similar to Chase Winovich in that – he was only a sub rusher, and there is a limit on the value of that in the scheme. And he hit the he hit the limit basically by the years that he's been here. Good for him going and getting something else somewhere. Um, I just you just there's just a limit. I mean, look, a good player, good pass rusher, but you know how many snaps is he playing? What's the value of that? And the Patriots decided to move on. I think that's wise. You should be able to hide, uh, find those kind of guys in the draft, or at least younger guys, cheaper guys. And maybe now Byron Cowart gets more of a chance to do that, and maybe he's better at that than being a you know an every down first two down defensive tackle, which he wasn't great at. All right, so let, let's look at the bigger picture now. Uh, you and I, we both like what the team has done. You said you're going to write something more in depth at bostonsportsjournal.com, so check that out if you're listening to this podcast for really in-depth thoughts on, on each of these bigger moves from Greg. But let's get to the quarterback position now, Greg. First question about the quarterback position. Uh, if Cam Newton is going to be the guy, and I don't want you to tell me if they're going to have other options just yet. We'll get to that. Yep. But as currently constituted with Cam as the quarterback, how much better is this offense? Uh, I think it is incrementally better. Um, mm. You know, I think it's – look, he, he has a ton more talent. <laughs> we'll get the we'll get the judgment on, you know, is it Cam or is it the the people around him or what have you? Because – and and I actually – this is part of the thing that I was going to write for BSJ is – you know, one of the thoughts I had is I don't know who's under more pressure right now, Belichick or Cam Newton, because this is the most talent Cam Newton has ever been surrounded by ever. Yeah. Even, even the, you know, when he was MVP in 2015, that group can't hold a candle to this. I mean, basically Hunter Henry is Greg Olson. Then you have another tight end 
who's just as good as those those two guys. Uh, and these receivers are much better. I think was Steve Smith on that Super Bowl team? I think he was. I think he was. And then he got released, I think, after that. Yeah. Uh, so Steve Smith was great. So they, you know, look, they have an advantage there. Uh, that was a good offensive line. I think this offensive line is better. I think the running backs at the end of the day, the Patriots, you know, might add somebody there. Uh, they could be pretty close. The Panthers had some good running backs. Cam was in his prime back then as far as a runner and, and passer. Um, but I think this, I think this group as a whole is better. I think the defense is better. So if Cam doesn't produce this year, he's done. He's yeah. exposed. He's completely yep. he's completely done. And yep. so I think there is a ton of pressure on him. Do I think they're going to be better? Yeah, I think I think they're going to be better. How much better? I'm not sure, but I just think just the ability having the tight ends and you know these wi- different wide receivers that can get open really quick and they can do different things and the matchup issues that they're going to have. People are going to be open all over the place, Nick. They're going to be able to run the ball. People are going to be open. Is Cam going to deliver? And is he gonna, is he going to deliver on time? I have a lot of questions about that. Okay, since you have questions about that, since Cam's contract is very, very, very low risk. I mean, even yep. when you look at some of these other deals that have been signed, Fitzpatrick's getting ten million on the base. Dalton's getting ten million on the base. Uh, even somebody like Tyrod Taylor, I think, is making a little bit more money on the base than Cam is. Jameis Winston's making more money down in New Orleans. So, you know, some people were saying that, uh, my guy, Lou Merloni, saying that Cam was in his plan A. Uh, I'm not going to go that far. I, I don't think Cam was plan A. If Cam was plan A, then I don't think. For the offseason, Cam was plan A? Yeah, yeah he was. the yeah, he was, that's, he was not, that's not even close to true. Exactly. He was plan A for the quarterback. No, they called the 49ers. They called the Raiders. They made an offer for Matthew Stafford. He's not plan A if you're doing those things. Um, <laughs> no. Anyway, <laughs> I digest. But, mm-hmm. but digress, not digest. I digest. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. I, you can I, digest I, on your I, own I, time. You know what? I digest it all in. And then what I do, <laughs> I, I think of what I got to say, and then I digress. Um, but I digress. When you look at what they're going to do now moving forward, this certainly, you could argue, I tweeted this out the other day. You could argue anything you want with what they're going to do at quarterback now. Because what they've done over the past few days builds a case for each and every option. You could say, Greg, hey, they built this thing around Cam, and as you just mentioned, the pressure's on Cam. If he doesn't get it done, he's exposed. They think he can do it with a better supporting cast, so Cam's going to be the guy. You could also build the case and say, well, they went out and spent a ton of money. They brought in a bunch of veterans. That opens the door to be very aggressive in the draft to maybe move up and draft the next guy. And if the next guy is not ready this year, they have Cam as the mentor. That young guy, a lot of people are throwing around Trey Lance because they have a similar kind of skill set. Then Lance develops over the next year. And then in 2022, you still have this supporting cast with one year under their belt and Trey Lance. You could also say, well, maybe they're trying to upgrade and woo somebody like Wilson or Watson. And, you know, Mike Silver's talked about that. Jeff Howe has written about that. Uh, Joseph Person in The Athletic has also mentioned the New England Patriots possibly trying to sneak in to the Deshaun Watson talks. With all of that laid out for you, which option do you think is the most likely? Do, do you think we could now see them be aggressive and move up to try to find that next guy? 
Okay. Um, a couple of things. Uh, you know, what has transpired doesn't change anything. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo has always been plan A for this team. They've had, they have tried to get him. They have tried to engage with the 49ers. The 49ers will not engage at least, at least to this point without having something better or their own sort of plan. And the Patriots are just like, all right, fine. You know, the words that I was told was the 49ers are screwing around. They're not really engaging. And the Patriots said, okay, fine. You know, we're moving. The Patriots are not going to wait around, you know, for, yes, they love Jimmy. Would they like to have Jimmy here? Yes. But they're not going to sit around and wait and pine for Jimmy because what happens? Then you're left with nothing. You could be left with nothing at the end of the day. So they made other plans. And I would say the most likely plan at this point is Cam Newton with a draft pick. Now, it doesn't mean, to me, that does not mean trade up in the draft. It doesn't mean draft one at 15. It could mean, Nick, basically I'm trying to say it could mean anything in terms of the draft. And I think it also applies to, say, like Garoppolo, like, the Patriots are still, they still have the ability and it's getting harder and harder by the day, but they still have some moves that they could do in terms of uh, extending uh, McCourty high tower. They could create some space. Plus if they traded for Garoppolo, they could do some things where like they give him his salary yeah. in a bonus and yep. prorate it. And really his cap space is really only like 4 million yeah, they in could, year one. They could yeah. restructure him and make it very easy to deal with the yeah. cap. So, and even somebody, someone said this to me the other day that it's not a, they, look, this is their words, not mine. It's not out of the realm of possibility that the 49ers just release Garoppolo at some point with the 25 million he's on their books. And maybe they see, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do that in the draft. That is possible. So look, there is a light on for Jimmy G. Trust me. And it'll probably always stay on. Jimmy G. Um, <laughs> I just see Belichick like looking out the window and like tapping mm-hmm. out the glass towards Jimmy G. And Jimmy G's in a car in the back seat, and Shanahan and John Lynch are in the front seat. It's being driven by Kyle Shanahan. Don't get yes. that twisted. And Garoppolo's <laughs> looking out. Garoppolo's looking out the window from the back seat, and Belichick's looking out the window in like the living room, and they're just like reaching towards each other, like we can yes. make this happen. And Shanahan's like, not gonna happen on my watch, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, don't know, I don't know why Shanahan sounds like he came from Alabama, but in my mind, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, it could. Uh, <laughs> it could. But uh, I, I would say the most likely scenario right now is Cam Newton and a quarterback. And I can't tell you where that quarterback is going to come in the draft. It could come in the second round. You know, I know the Patriots think there is a lot of depth in this quarterback class. They are not done with their homework on this on this draft class. Probably won't be done. I don't think the coaches will really do their heavy lifting. Um, uh, you know, especially Belichick until April, um, once free agency and everything is done, then he'll really dive into that stuff and they'll come away with who they want. And I think it, the most likely scenario is cam and a draft quarterback. Are they hoping that draft quarterback possibly, uh, ascends quickly? Probably. Um, does it necessarily need to happen this year? No, but, uh, I think that's where they are. I also think, and maybe we'll dive into this a little bit more next week, but the free agency approach gives Belichick what he loves to have during the draft, flexibility. Yes. And I think, you know, now you can take anybody because you're you're not beholden 
to one specific position, even though I'd like to see them be aggressive and move up and get a quarterback if they love one of the top four guys. Uh, it, it does leave them some flexibility now if they want to make that move. If they want to stay and stick and pick, they can do that. If they want to move down the board. I mean, they, they've got a lot of different things they can do now because they've really answered a lot of the questions we had going into this offseason by day two, officially, of free agency. Last one for you today. Oh, wait, wait. Hang on. One th- I forgot. Okay. On Watson? Yep. I think it's a pipe dream. Like, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to say never. Because who knows? You never know what's going to happen. And the Patriots always leave themselves with flexibility. I just don't think, first of all, I don't think Watson wants to come here. He's never been on this list. Um, You know, second of all, the Patriots don't have enough to offer. And even, yeah, you could say, well, he has a no trade clause. Yes. But, you know, the Texans aren't just going to accept, like, crap. Yeah. In, in exchange. They're not just, they would rather, in that scenario, They'll be like, screw you, Deshaun. We have worked out a deal with the with the Dolphins or Jets or somebody. Gives us our quarterback. We get the number two or three overall pick. Okay. You know, he'd be like, I don't like them. I want to go to New England. They'll be like, go screw. Go sit. Go sit. Now we're going to make you sit. And that's yeah. easily leakable. You know, people will understand. They'll be like, oh, I, I back the Texans here. Um, let alone all the allegations that are going on, which I don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole. Um, but – I just think people need to give up on Deshaun Watson. I mean, look, do I think there's a maybe a 1%, 2% chance? I guess. But largely, it's a complete pipe dream and fallacy. And if you're on Twitter, you know, wondering about Deshaun Watson all the time, um, there are much better ways to spend your time. Well, I guess you, you've you said your, your piece on that. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a little bit more possible than you do. Uh, I'm not saying that it's likely. I don't think it's likely. But there are some things the Patriots could do. Um, but the, the difficulty is, because in the scenario, you wouldn't be trading what you have right now. You would have to trade some stuff to move up and then move that pick to Houston. And, I mean, there would have to be a lot of different things that would go down uh, for that to happen, right? I would also say, as far as his no-trade clause, I, I do think it's a valid point to bring up. I, I do think if he wanted to try to direct himself to somewhere – uh, that gives him a little bit more leverage to do to so. To an extent. Yeah, to an extent. Uh, and that also leads to the next point, which you said, you know, it, it really depends on whether or not Watson is willing to sit. And, you know, there are people out there that say, oh, he's a principled guy. He's going to sit. He doesn't care how much money it costs him. And look, maybe that's true. Or maybe that's I, I would be one of those people. Or, or may, you know, maybe it's true. Or maybe that's Watson's camp that is leaking that to try to put the fear of God into Houston so they can just say, okay, and and relent and and move him. I don't know which one. Uh, I think the most likely thing that's happening here is that let's not forget who was initially brought up, the Jets and the Dolphins. And if you're you're Houston and you're going to move Watson, the number one priority for you as an organization is to answer the question, who the hell is going to replace that guy? And Correct. I don't think it's Tyrod Taylor, right? I don't think Taylor is the answer, okay? He might be a bridge guy, maybe. But if you're dealing somebody Stidham. like Watson, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> if, if, you're dealing, if you're dealing with a top five or six quarterback, 25 years old, with the contract he just signed, he's set for the next five, six years, you are looking for his immediate replacement. And unless the team that you trade him to gives you that replacement or gives you an avenue to acquire mm-hmm. that replacement, it's it's 
not even worth talking about if you're Houston. So again, it, it would have to take the Patriots to move up, get a pick, get some other people. Send, you know, it, there'd be a lot of moves, or it would be Deshaun Watson walking in saying, "I want New England, or I'm going to sit." And he'd be have he'd have to be willing to actually sit and put Houston's feet to the fire. So those are the only ways it happens, and that's why I think it's it's very unlikely. Um, one last thing I wanted to ask you. They've added a bunch. We've talked about it. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about their needs, Greg. They needed tight ends. They certainly got tight ends. They needed help on the edge. Van Noy, Judon, check, check. They needed some help uh, on the interior of the defensive line. I would say somewhat check. Uh, maybe they need to add somebody else. Maybe that'll be part of this answer. But they've answered a lot of the questions so far. What would you like to see them do over the next, I don't know, couple of days, week? What would you like to see them do that is still on your to-do list? Okay. I, well, I mean, in terms of uh, pieces to the puzzle, um, you know, like I, I talked about center, you know, you're looking at the draft. Quarterback, you're looking at the draft. I think they need some more beef inside if Lawrence Guy is not back. If he's yep. if he's back, then fine. You know, Bo Allen just got released and – Marquise oh, Lee got man. yeah. I, I always I'm glad I snapped that photo of Bo Allen on the sideline during the walkthrough. It's like uh, it. it's like the Loch Ness monsters. Yeah, the, the abominable snowman. They they threw out foot. They threw out the milk carton today. Thank God. Yes, yeah. the, yes, they did. So they need some beef inside. Uh, I would like to see you know another uh, big boy in there. I think they because you cannot like we we've seen before. You can ha- never have enough depth inside on both lines uh i I think that the big remaining piece to the puzzle to me nick is i'm just not sure how the linebackers fit like is uche now a stand-up linebacker if he is okay i'm good with that i think he's shown some potential there i i would like a speedy i would like a speedy linebacker um perhaps that's kyle duggar that could be duggar playing linebacker he's big and strong enough um i think they're gonna lose james white to somebody yep. yep Miami or Tampa so I would like another running back option I think you've been tweeting about it you know the Lindsay stuff um yeah he's a guy I've been fascinated with forever and he was always the answer to um people would be like when we'd rag on Sony Michelle people would be like well what do you want I'm like well I want Philip Lindsay who was you know undrafted free agent just about offensive rookie of the year uh his rookie year so I want to, I want a running back. I want to, I want more of a, so they have two sort of power backs. I want a quick back Yeah. in the backfield, a quick hitter to deal with these guys. So that's sort of what I'm looking at. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we have pretty much the same list. Uh, there's one more thing though. I'd like to see, uh, cause I'd like to see the James white replacement. I've been saying Philip Lindsay, just because I mentioned on Twitter that Mike Lombardi brought that up earlier this week. And Whenever Lombardi throws a name out there, I think we should all at least give it some credence because of his relationship with Belichick. So he brought that up before Denver made it official and moved on from him. So, you know, mm-hmm. maybe Lindsay's the answer. Maybe somebody else is the answer. We know for a fact it's been reported out that the Patriots are looking at running back. I don't want yep. Fournette because Fournette is too much of Damian Harris. And Michelle. Yep. Give me somebody else who's a little bit of a scatter back. You can move him around. Yep. I think you could even get away with putting Lindsay in the in the slot. You know, people were in love with the idea of Le'Veon Bell. I'm not saying he's Le'Veon Bell, but that kind of shifty back, somebody who gives you, like you said, the speed element, I would like to see that happen uh, because as great as James White was, he wasn't the fastest guy in the world. Uh, so I, I'd like to see that happen. 
Defensive tackle, I think they're in a really good spot because there's going to be a number of guys, Danny Shelton, Lawrence Guy. There are guys out there that are still available. And also, when you look at the draft, there's a few dudes that you might be able to move down in the first round if you want to do that and draft a young guy and put him in the middle. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think they'll be fine there, but I do think they need another fat dude or big dude in the middle of that D-line. Center for sure. The one thing you didn't mention, I still want to see a receiver. Like, I... I, I think, you know, Aguilar to me is, is a nice two. Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers is your kind of three slash four. I can't depend on Julian Edelman as much as I love him. You just can't yep. depend on Jules. I would have absolutely had a heart attack if Curtis Samuel signed with this football team. Uh, he went to, for the people saying, oh, well, they should have picked Samuel over Aguilar. It's not how it works. You know, we, like we let's not forget that Samuel played for Ron Rivera. He played with Terry McLaurin in college. I think they were roommates in college. Relationships matter. Samuel might have just said, no, I want to go to a team with a coach that I know and play with one of my best friends. Like it, it, So we don't know if Samuel would have went to New England, even if they offered him the bag. So I, I still think a number one wide receiver, whether that and, and I'm kind of a little, you know, I'm a little concerned about the draft because of their track record. Uh, I do think Nikhil Harry probably gets traded. Just too much smoke around that guy right now. Um, mm-hmm. I also make note that AJ Green, apparently, according to some reports, it was the Cardinals or the Patriots for AJ Green. So we know that the Patriots are still in the market for a receiver. I would have hated the yeah. Green move. I think he's done, but they're in the market. So give me a wide receiver. Give me one more, Bill. I know you've given us a lot, and I'm being greedy. Mm-hmm but give me one more receiver that I could feel like he's a one guy. And I don't know if that guy is available in free agency right now, unless you believe Kenny Galladay, or maybe you mentioned this, Greg, a little while ago, Allen Robinson. I don't know if you're, you know, really wanting to make a deal for Allen Robinson with the money that you're paying Aguilar, but I'll tell you, could you imagine, Greg? I, I mean, I'm lactating just thinking about. Oh my God, you would you've got, be. You've got, jeez. You've got job. Let's think about this for a second, all right? Let, let's not let's not talk about quarterback. We already talked about quarterback. Right? I want to I want to stick in my good space. Positive vibes right now. <laughs> Positive Hunter, vibes only. Yep. Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, Damian Harris, Sony Michelle, Philip Lindsay, Allen Robinson, Aguilar, Edelman, Kendrick Bourne. Maybe Myers. Holy crap. Oh, that's a good group. <laughs> Did you really have to add Sony Michelle in there? Did you really? You Homer. Oh, uh, no. God. I, I got to add, add a third back. You know they love a third back. They keep paying Rex Burkhead. They can't get enough of a third back. They, he has a torn ACL. They're probably still going to offer him yeah, a three-year contract gonna, at $5 million. They're going to wheel him in. They're gonna, he's going to go out <laughs> somebody behind him. And he's gonna, they're going to wheel. They're going to wheelchair his routes for him. Uh, yep. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. If you, if you, if they, Allen Robinson, Hunter Henry, and Jonu Smith, I mean, I feel like I could play quarterback and that team wins 10 or 11 games. Honestly, like if Cam can't succeed with that, I mean, my goodness, then he has no chance to ever throw a football in the NFL. So I would say overall, it's been a damn good productive first few days when Greg Bedard doesn't have a lot to bitch about. You know, you know, it's gone pretty well. So, you know, Belichick, you know, knocked it out of the park. And by the way, right before we real quick before we leave, um, actually, there's two things I want to say. Number one. The, you know, the, the 
the downside to this, and we talked about it before, the Eagles dream team and stuff like that, the yep. counter to that, and I agree with it with this group, not only is it Belichick's coaching them, because Andy Reid coached that group. He's pretty good. It's all these guys are young. This is yep. not Namdi Asenwa or yep. you know Dominique Rogers Cromartie or Ronnie Brown. You know, um, you know, on the downside of their career, these guys are all ascending. So I, I agree with all that. The other thing I wanted to say is I don't ask for much other than a subscription to BSJ and uh, and rate and reviews. You know, positive rate and reviews here on the podcast. But I'm just wondering if I can get a little positive juju going for my alma mater, Rutgers, our first NCAA tournament appearance in like a billion years let's go friday night like 9 20 let's go let's go let's go go. i'll be watching them probably one eye open about 12 beers deep but i'll be watching them for you you Uh, want a good bet bet them to go to the sweet 16 i like their draw clemson and then houston we're going to the sweet 16 this is what happens when when a team that hasn't been in in a long time they finally get in yep final four you know, going crazy. Here we go. National championship. Rockers. Yep. Write it down. Don't even write it down with pencil. Write it with a sharpie. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with. Uh, I agree with what you said as far as this group. And listen, you were all over it. You were all over this you, since since day one. And I'm not saying about spending money. A lot of people were talking mm-hmm. about spending money, but you were in on some of the names. You were in on the philosophy as far as what they were going to do. I.e., young guys, you know, youth and versatility. Belichick is looking at youth and versatility. So, and and he got a lot of that so far. And he still has, by my count, around 20 million left in cap space. I don't think they're done just yet. Uh, He's Greg Bedard. I, of course, am Nick Cattles. Hopefully, you enjoyed, if you're still listening, I I guess you did enjoy the Greg Bedard Patriots (laughs) podcast with Nick Cattles. Till next week, or unless the Patriots trade for Deshaun. Deshaun Watson, get choked up. Uh, We'll we'll talk to you next week. Everybody be good, be safe, be healthy. Enjoy the tournament and uh, embrace this free agency.